0: compromise in the name of love or you find a church that's um that's that's all about the 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 structure and the rules without love you know righteousness and and uh, you know and it sounds holy right but we we, we, we're we're gonna raise the banner of righteousness and uh, somehow jesus was able to do both well somehow jesus was able to to um address sin and make someone feel like they were loved you know how you, you remember a story another woman uh, the woman that was at the well with jesus um in uh, samaria and uh, she he's like go get your husband and she's like i, I don't i don't have a, a husband and, and, and he's like you're right You've had five husbands, and the one you're shacking up with right now is not your husband. And and what does she do when she goes into the city? She's like, hey, come meet the guy that told me everything I ever did wrong. Somehow, Jesus was able to disarm the situation, not have compromise, have extreme compassion, and someone's like, man, he ripped me up uh, one side and down the other, and I loved it. (laughs) May we be a church that somebody can come broken, and find healing, and also be challenged to, to go to another level. Does that sound good? Yeah, that's free today. That wasn't exactly what I where I was gonna go. Uh, thank you, Gay and Tammy, for what you do in the lives of women and men that have been hurt by um, hurt by abortion. Um, hey right before we're in a we're in a series i started last week called legacy i'm really excited about that right before i just wanted to again encourage you next week um discover track starts up again on the fifth sunday we don't do discover track but um, every week, it's the uh, first Sunday of the month, second Sunday of the month. We step one, step two, step three, step four. And it's our way of, one, you getting to know us, us getting to know you. But Discover Track really, you get to discover yourself and discover the Lord in a really incredible way. Um, I encourage you to be a part of that. Um, uh, and, and also, then, you don't, you don't have to listen to my sermon that day. You can go and, and uh, go to. So there, there's benefits to it. Um, and then, uh, and then, I just also wanted to encourage you. Um, family experience. Some of you may have checked family experience off the list because, uh, because maybe you don't have kids that are, um, you know, in your home anymore, or whatever, or. or Whatever it may be, and I just want to encourage you. Um, you know, family experience. A couple of things. One is 6:40 or 5:45 to 6:45 is a dinner that you're welcome to come out and just connect. You know, um, once a month we have that, and you don't have to have fa- have kids and stay for the family experience part. You could just come and be a part of the um, the meal, and so. So do that if you'd like. Look in your bulletin at the date. The second thing is you may want to just come and participate, sit, and, and see what our kids are getting and, and be part of the family experience, even if you don't have a child. In fact, there, there's a, there, I'm not going to point them out, but there was one white-haired gentleman that just that said, hey, I'm looking forward to coming to the family experience and want to see what was going on. I'm like, come on. That's awesome. So just want to invite you all to be there, even if you don't feel like you fit the demographic. Uh, so we're in a series called Legacy. The the kind of the catchphrase for the whole series is, is uh, living a life that lasts. How many want to do that? Yeah, good. All the arms go up. They're like, wait, is this a trick question? Like, no, absolutely. Like, I want to live a life that lasts. You want to live a life that lasts. Um, you'll never do anything um accidentally well unless it's like post-it notes and superglue some i think i heard about that those were like accidents that that but most of the time like you'll never do anything accidentally well you're not going to just i'm i am just going to somehow kind of unintentionally become a man or woman of god like it it just doesn't happen that way there's intentionality involved and if you if you're honest if you raised your hand today and you said pastor jonathan i want to live a life that lasts i want to have a legacy that's honoring and pleasing to god you're going to have to do something about it there's going to be some hard choices that you have to make. There's going to be many times through, from here until, until Jesus comes back or, or here until you, you die someday, there'll be many times where there'll be a fork in the road and you have to decide right there, do I want to leave a legacy or do I want to do my own thing? And uh, so we're 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 hitting it a few weeks, and I'm also uh, as I'm as I'm talking about legacy, um, I'm I'm pulling on some of the stories that I learned as I traveled Israel a few weeks ago, and so um, you guys get a little bit of a snapshot into that too. By the way, um, there are um, there are a couple time slots. Uh, Mitch Ivy and I were talking; um, he's the pastor over at Grace Fellowship um, here in town, and we were talking about a couple time slots that we're. Um, kind of flirting with a little bit, um, if, if you're interested in going to Israel, um, the one time slot, we don't know if it, if it would happen because it's, kind of, it's kind of soon, but um, October 2019 would be the first time slot that we were just, there's just an opening um, for that, and then April, uh, end of April of 2020, so if you're one that just says, you know what, like, I've heard all about this, I want to go, um, one way that you could kind of let me know is you've got a connect card in your bulletin Maybe on the back or somewhere Just say uh, put your name And say the uh, you know um, October or April Or both whatever and just, just slip, that, um, slip that in the black box Out there by the office Or hand it to an usher or something Somehow get it to us and then we'll start To see hey there's there, you know We're getting a group of people together Does that sound good? Anybody, anybody want to go with me to Israel? Yeah come on we got hands Alright that sounds good. Here's the thought today. You know, the, what you're going to find, if you stay with me for a few weeks in this Legacy series, you're going to find that last week's message will, will kind of uh, be threaded throughout because the main thought last week was really had to do with uh, an awareness of God's presence and obedience unto the Lord really lays the foundation for a legacy that you want to live. And you're going to start to find that even as we've discovered this story this morning. Um, But here's the the thought today that I want you to to pay attention to. What we allow or disallow in our life determines the type of legacy we will leave. What we allow or disallow in our life determines the type of legacy we will leave. In other words, uh, you're going to leave a legacy whether you like it or not. If you do nothing you'll leave a legacy. what you allow or disallow will determine the type of legacy that you're going to leave here's a here's just a, a great story um, uh, I was reintroduced to this story when I was uh, traveling in Israel and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll show you some pictures a little bit a little bit later on but there was a there's a guy, last week we kind of talked about a guy that left a, a positive legacy that we heard his name, and, and his name was um, Obed-Edom, or if you, are, if you live in Israel, you call him Obed-Edom. And uh, um, I tried to say Obed-Edom last week, and it just didn't work, so we say Obed-Edom. And, uh, but today I want you to hear about a guy named Jeroboam. Jeroboam, he was, he was a king in Israel and uh but we're gonna kind of back up just a little bit first kings chapter 11 um what we start to find is there was a king do you guys remember a king named solomon solomon uh came after king david king david was a was a godly king how many know he wasn't a perfect king but he was a godly king and uh, in fact we know he was a godly king because god said about king david he was a man after what god's own heart how many would with all your flaws in here would like to just be said i'm a man or a woman after god's own heart yeah me too right if i could do all all of my limbs up in the air i would that would be a minor miracle yeah so so king solomon comes after king david and there were some really incredible things about king solomon Um, right in the beginning of king solomon's uh, um, reign you, you you find that that god comes to him and says what do you want and he could have asked for anything. This is kind of the, the, the classic story that you read uh, of, you know, uh, um, you know like, a, like a genie in a bottle, and you get like three wishes, you know. Wouldn't you like to just, like, like if God says, whatever you want, ask, here, here's one wish. It was almost like that with King Solomon. You could have anything you want. And instead of asking for riches or any of these other types of things that, that you could think of, what's King Solomon ask for? He asked for wisdom. He asked for wisdom, and it was like you could hear God in, in like a, um, the James Earl Jones voice saying, you chose wisely, you know? And, uh, and he did, because not only did he get wisdom, which the Bible says it was unparalleled. It was, it's wisdom that uh, there's never been someone uh, before or since that have had the wisdom of King Solomon. Not only did he walk in, in that, but then God gave him all the other stuff that, that he didn't even ask for. And that, that was, that's amazing, all the wealth, all the riches. You, you, you go through King Solomon's life and one of the things that God asked him not to do he started to do and started to compromise God, God asked him not to intermarry with uh, people from, from other nations and it wasn't because uh, um, intermarriage like it's not the way we look at it today it's not like, you know, if you're a white person and a black person, that's a no-no. That's not what God was saying. It had to do with nations and their gods, their idols, uh, making covenant with different things. So today, it's, way, it's a way different thing when you talk about intermarriage. Back then, it really had to do it with, hey, I've asked you to follow me. And if you marry somebody else, and, and what they would do, especially for a king, is they would, they would marry for political gang. And all of these types of stuff, so so you would have a, a wife, and then she would bring uh, her idols and and the the customs that she had, and little by little, there would be a compromise here and a compromise there until get this now, you may not know this, some of you may King Solomon had seven hundred wives and three hundred concubines. Everyone just say, oh. i don't know how you, I don 't know how to spell that, but go." that's a lot that's one or two problems if you're married how many know one's enough For I'm saying I'm the problem I was just being stared down and so I kind of just hopefully 700 wives 300 concubines this was no bueno like my Spanish friends say Did you translate that into English up there? Yeah, we got we have we have a whole Spanish audience with ear, uh, in ears. So he went so off track that this is this is start, this is what started to happen. First Kings chapter eleven verse four. Watch this: As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart—watch this—was not fully devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of his David father had been. Imagine having that written about you. Imagine the legacy. The story could have been different. Notice it doesn't say that he didn't love God anymore. It's just his heart was divided. (laughs) It wasn't fully devoted like his father David had been. And this, this is sad. This breaks my heart. And this sometimes is you and me. The story goes on in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 6, just a couple of verses later. It says, So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David, his father, had done. The story goes on. And this is actually what, what the Bible says in verse 9. It says, The Lord became angry with Solomon. The Lord became angry. And, and uh, I don't want you to just view God as this, uh, this angry God with a magnifying glass and trying to burn us like ants every chance he gets. He's not, he's not a God with a big stick that's looking for every opportunity to beat you. But there are things that given enough time, because how, how many know that the Bible says that he is slow to anger? And if you've been, mar- or been a, a, a parent, you know that, the, that give it enough time. <laughs> and God's way, ba- way better at it than me. And it took him a while, but eventually, the Bible says, the Lord became angry with Solomon. Why? Because his heart had turned away from the Lord. Man. The God of Israel... Watch this. Who had appeared to him how many times? Twice. Now, obviously, Old Testament, New Testament, we've got God that lives in us. I think people in the Old Testament would look at us and say, that's incredible. Tell me how it is. You have God inside you? I think us, we look back at Old Testament and we say, tell me how it was. Like, fire fell from heaven? That would be awesome, right? I, I, there, there's some really cool things about both pictures. I w- I'm glad we live in New Testament myself. But God, in this context, in this Old Testament paradigm, appeared to Solomon, physically appeared to Solomon twice. He says it here. He's like, in, in other words, God's saying, "How could you have gone that far off? I appeared to you twice." I appeared to you twice, and look what happened. I wonder, as we go back to even the thought from last week about being the uh, awareness of His presence, do you think God could say that, the same thing to us? Look how many times I've appeared to you. Look how many times I've drawn near. Look how many times there was, there was encounters, there was supernatural peace, there was presence. You had the Holy Spirit goosebumps, and all the hair in your body stood up. And look how many times that's happened. I can imagine God saying that to you and me sometimes. And he and he says, but man, look how far. It's like in Galatians when the author says, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you? So the Lord became angry. And with in this story, this is what happened is that, that God basically told Solomon that he was going to tear the kingdom from Solomon. The, the kingdom was comprised of, of 12 tribes. And even as you look in, um, in Israel today, the, there, it, there's, there's still, I mean, if you were to overlay the Old Testament map um, on the, the modern Israel, you would kind of just see where, where certain areas were the tribe of Dan or the tribe of Benjamin or this tribe right And, and so there, so when you, when it talks about the the, the, 12, king, the twelve tribes of, of the kingdom of Israel, there were geographic locations. And God was telling Solomon, "I am going to rip this kingdom from you, but for the sake of your father David." And it depends on, on, on how you read and, and whether you're in 1 first, uh, first Kings or whether you're in Chronicles. Uh, it, I'm ripping 10 tribes from you and you get, to, you get to have one. 10 tribes. You get to have one or two depending on how you read it. Really interesting. For the sake of your father David, because of the covenant that David had, there will always be a remnant in Jerusalem is what he's saying. There will be a physical remnant. Jerusalem's on my heart is what God's saying but for the sake of your father I'm, I'm going rip, to rip 10 and, and, and keep one and he's not going to do it in, in Solomon's lifetime he says I'm going to do this in your son's lifetime so the story, story goes on and there's a prophet um, Ahijah and he's not a real well-known prophet but, but this prophet comes to one of Solomon's subordinates named Jeroboam. And watch this, chapter 11, verse 30. And Ahijah took hold of the new cloak he was wearing and tore it into 12 pieces. And so now he starts to show Jeroboam here, this subordinate in, in Solomon's kingdom, um, what's actually going to happen. He said, he said to Jeroboam, take 10 pieces for yourself, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. See, I'm going to tear the kingdom out of Solomon's hand and give you 10 tribes. And the story goes on, but now you start to find Jeroboam is aware of this, that somewhere down the line this is going to happen. And watch this in verse 36. This is, this is the place where we find ourselves because this is Jeroboam's potential legacy. Watch. I will give one tribe to his son, so that David my servant may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem the city where I choose I chose to put my name however as for you I will take you and he's talking to Jeroboam this is God through the prophet I will take you and you will rule over all that your heart desires you will be king over Israel if you do whatever I command you and walk in obedience to me and do what's right in my, in my eyes by obeying my decrees and commands as David my servant did I will be with you I will build you a dynasty as enduring as the one I built for David and will give Israel to you I will humble David's descendants because of this but not forever watch what happened right here God is coming to King Jeroboam and he is saying, guess what? Your kingdom, if you, right? This is what happens to you and me. This is what happens all throughout Scripture. It's the if you, then I will principle. He's like, this is what it could look like. Have you ever, did you ever read those choose your own adventure stories when you were a kid? This is, this is what it was. He's like, he's like, if you do this, the, the story inside you that I'm building is going to look like this. If you, then I will. Like, If you do it my way, the dynasty that's going to come after you, the legacy, even after you're long gone, it will be equal to David. It will be equal to King David. The, the, those two kingdoms will forever be side by side if you do what I tell you to do, Jeroboam. I mean, that's a big deal. That's a huge, I wonder what would have happened. I'm kind of giving some of the story away. There's often a disconnect between what God sees about us and what we see. I wonder that potential. I wonder that story inside you and me. There's so many people that die with another version of their story unrealized. There's so many people that die with another version of their story Unrealized. I wonder. That's legacy. That's, that's living living at the crossroads. Jeroboam had had all the potential to have an equal destiny. He, he died, you'll see here in a minute, with another story unrealized inside him that God saw that he didn't see. Story goes on. Jeroboam had this amazing prophetic encounter with the prophet and king solomon hears about it verse 40 says solomon tried to kill jeroboam man solomon went off his rocker now he's trying to to murder it says but jeroboam fled to egypt he actually stayed there until he would hear of solomon's death and the story goes on and uh, rehoboam solomon's son becomes king and I think Rehoboam had an opportunity here too. Rehoboam, like he also, in the footsteps of his father, went off the went off his rocker as well. And and he was he was harsh. He didn't listen to wisdom. He didn't listen to the gray hairs. He he only listened to what his what his uh, itching ears wanted to hear. And 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 he took a took a hard right and and went off. And and, he, and in fact, it was so much of a dramatic turn that that the whole country of Israel was like, wait a minute, we don't want to follow you. They hear, Jer- they hear Jeroboam's back in town. They're like, we want Jeroboam. In fact, just like the prophet had said, 10 of the tribes were, were saying, hey, we want to go with Jeroboam. And they did. And they did. It says, when all the Israelites heard that Jeroboam had returned, they sent and called him, to the assembly and made him king over all Israel. Only the tribe of Judah remained loyal to the house of David. The story goes on in verse 26 of chapter 12. Jeroboam thought to himself. Now this is this is where we we start to find danger. Because how many know that there's things inside us you can't trust your own thoughts you can't trust your own emotions you can't there's, there's insecurities there's fears there's all of these things and instead of Jeroboam turning and seeking the God who had spoke destiny over his life Jeroboam thought to himself <laughs> he thought to himself the kingdom will now likely revert to the house of David I don't know where he got this thought I'm guessing the devil because did he not remember what God had prophesied over him? You're going to have a dynasty as as great as David. But he thought to himself, the kingdom will likely revert to the house of David. If these people go, go up and offer sacrifices at the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, they will again give their allegiance to their Lord, Rehoboam, king of Judah. They will kill me. And return to King Rehoboam. Jeroboam is believing lies right now. He is. There, there is something that's going on inside his heart that was not that was not from the Lord. He's he's believing lies. He's in his own thoughts. There's fears, there's there's anxiety, there's all insecurities. All of these things are going on inside of him. There was, there was truth here that no matter where people lived in Israel, they still had to come back to Jerusalem three times a year for um, pilgrimage feasts. That was just prescribed by God. And so Jeroboam was thinking, wait a minute, even if, even if I'm ruling 10 of the 12 tribes, w- well, three times a year, they're gonna go have to go back to the temple. Three times a year, they're gonna have to go back into Rehoboam's kingdom and worship in the temple. Like, this isn't good. Can you see the natural thought process that he's having here? So then you start to see a little bit, just kind of going a little bit off course. This is what happens. Watch. After seeking advice, now I don't know who he talked to, but I would, um, I would recommend don't talk to these people. After seeking advice, the king made two golden calves. Do you remember any story like this? If you're not a Bible scholar, there was another story in in Exodus chapter 32 with a golden calf. The king made two golden calves. He said to the people, watch, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel. Do you remember another story where someone said the Exodus 32? So this is what happens. Here are your gods. That same word gods, it's, it's the word Elohim. Elohim throughout most of the Bible refers to the one true God there's a there's just a handful of times that it refers to um to um, other gods most of the time it refers to the one true god when you go back to exodus 32 and aaron uh, moses is on the mountain and aaron and the golden calf and he aaron says the exact same thing he says here is your gods who brought you out of egypt i've always read that as as man aaron's trying to turn their heart to other gods but this isn't what aaron was doing Aaron was compromising, just like Jeroboam is doing right here. He's like, no, that same God that brought you out of Egypt, Jehovah, the one true God, hey, this is him. In other words, he's saying, he's saying, this calf right here, this is the same God that brought you out of Egypt. I'm not asking you to worship another God. I'm asking you to let, this is him. This is him. This is what happened. We go a little bit off track. This is God. Jeroboam, he sets up two golden calves in two different locations because he's wanting to make it easy for everybody. Actually, he doesn't want them to go to the temple. But, hey, I'm going to make it easy. Instead of going to the temple in Jerusalem, here's here's a place in the southern kingdom and here's a place in the northern kingdom. And if you go to either of those places, we're going to have a golden calf set up who is Elohim, who's God. You can worship God there. You can make sacrifices. You can do your pilgrimages. You don't have to go to the temple in Jerusalem. And so, after seeking advice, that's what he did. And here are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. One he set up in Bethel, and the other in Dan. 1 Kings 12. Verse 31, it says, Jeroboam built shrines on high places and appointed priests from all sorts of people, even though they were, they were not Levites. He instituted a festival on the 15th day of the eighth month, like the festival in Judah. Watch this. It was similar. Similar to the festival prescribed by God in Judah. And offered sacrifices on the altar. This he did in Bethel sacrificing to the calves he had made and at bethel he also installed priests at the high places he had made on the 15th day of the eighth month a month of his own choosing he offered sacrifices on the altar he had built at bethel so he instituted the festival for the israelites and went up to the altar to make offerings now this is just this is interesting now um, Today, as a, unless you are of, of uh, Jewish descent, you are a Gentile. I imagine most of us in here are Gentiles, and, uh, and, most, and, and we, are, we are post-cross. And so there are some things that don't absolutely apply. For Jews, there are still some things as far as feasts and as far as uh, pilgrimages that they, that they still, um, uh, you know, walk and, and do. We're not necessarily required, but there's some principles here that we start to find. Um, in fact, um, you know, even temple sacrifice, um, which, was, which was prescribed here, how many know that there was one sacrifice for all? And his name was Jesus. And so there's things that, that have shifted, there's things that have changed, but there's principles that remain the same that we, that we see here. And this is, started, this is what started to happen. Watch. Um, th- in fact, I see four things that were changed under Jeroboam. He changed the prescribed location. There was a prescribed location for worship and for sacrifice, and that was that was the temple in Jerusalem. He changed the structure, so so there was there was a golden calf that was a new structure. There was a there was an altar. This altar, um, instead of it being a ramp up where the priests could walk and their and their their garments would would be appropriate, um, now the new the new uh, um, altar had steps, which. Which wasn't good because you could see their ankles and stuff. That wasn't a, that wasn't a good deal. That was, that was what God prescribed. He changed the structure. He changed the date. You remember? He, he says it was a date of his own choosing. It wasn't the date prescribed by God. And he changed the priesthood. Now it wasn't Levites. It was whoever, whoever uh, oh, you look good. You can, be the, you can be the priest. That's what he did. We do some similar things in our life, whether it be church, whether it be our own homes. We, we're like, no, you know what? No, this is. This is Elohim. This is God. Oh, this, is, th- this is totally fine. And, and it, man, it, it seems, man, I can imagine that it would seem right in the heart of the people. Like, well, I'm still worshiping the Lord here. I'm still sacrificing. I'm still worshiping. I'm still doing these things. Uh, my encouragement for us, if we're going to leave a legacy, that God's calling us to to leave, we do it His way, and not our way. I want to show you some pictures here. Let's see. Are we are we uh, are we there yet? Uh, there we go. Okay. So this is this would be the. Let's see. Where are we? Okay. So this this would be kind of the northern part of of Israel where I was when I was there. Um, I kind of, I was on my Google Maps and i screenshotted that dot. Now that dot is right, almost at the farthest north part of Israel you can get. Um, in fact, there was a time when I could see Lebanon. I was like, hi, Lebanon. And then there was another time where I was having lunch uh, in the Golan Heights. You've probably heard about some of that in, in the news. And I could wave at Syria. So I was as close to Syria and Lebanon as you could get. This is where tel dan is this is this is the the location of where jeroboam um, was setting up another place of worship next slide so this is a this is an interesting place i um, i'll just kind of describe some of this because this is an actual historical location jeroboam was here this is the place in northern israel this is tel dan this is where he set up where you can, you can kind of see in the distance. There's a metal structure. That wasn't his metal structure, by the way. But, the, but the, the rocks and the stones beneath, this was the altar that Jeroboam, king of Israel, set up in Dan. There was a similar place in Bethel. Off to the right, you see a platform, and that's where the calf, the golden calf, would have been. They would have sacrificed down here at the altar, and they would have turned, and they would have worshipped, and there's steps that go up to that platform and they would have worshipped the golden calf next picture this is a little bit more you see the the this is the altar this is standing on the platform where the golden calf was looking at this is what this is again the altar the jeroboam set up next one it just makes you sad as you're standing there you're walking around and you're seeing the the compromise you're seeing the destiny that was on Jeroboam's life to have a kingdom that was parallel to King David and and he and out of fear and anxiety out of out of this place of insecurity I don't want people to go back and 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 start serving Rehoboam so I'm gonna set up a couple plates I'm gonna make it easier to worship God and yet he compromised and this is one of the places was there another picture there and this is this is the platform. This is where, um, likely somewhere along this place, where the where the golden calf would have been, and you can see you can see Lebanon in the distance. Is there another one here? Yeah, and and all around here there were places where they would uh, prepare the sacrifice, and they would do some of their ritual types of things. And um, I think this was a, I want to say this was like a, a well where they would they would wash and do some of their holy like what they would think is holy cleansing of the animals and all that type of stuff i think that was the last one for this part right and uh i want to i want to switch gears here because there's a reason why jeroboam like went off his rocker and all of us like we want to live we want the destiny that god prescribed jeroboam and we 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 don't want to like someday wake up and be like wait man i am way off course we don't want to die and have people struggle to find good things to say about us right is it just me like i'd love it if someday i die and the place is packed and people are saying good things about me and i'd hate to have a legacy like this want to i want to go to a couple other pictures here and i want you to i want to maybe visually show what i think happened here's the next picture we we're, we're walking through Tel dan tell dan is about 39 acres of uh, kind of nature reserve and all of this this is one of the the places where the jordan river there's like three streams that feed the jordan river this is one of the one of the places where you'd find the headwaters of the jordan and this is actual um Like stone walkway in the the time of the Israelites, so this would be like 3,500 years old. That's kind of just kind of cool to stand there and be like, ooh, like I'm I'm on old rock. And uh, so next next one, so this this was kind of right to the left. Here is a kind of an entrance. This is there'd be an entrance to the city, and uh, so you start. we, We walk right through here. Next picture, right inside this gate. It was a gateway. You, didn't, you don't see the old gates. The, the gates are long gone. Right inside this gate, there's a few things. One is, what would you think this would be? There'd be four, there'd be four of those little kind of, they look like pots, but they'd be places probably where poles would be, and there'd be a can. This would be where, where like a ruler would sit, um, in, right inside the gate. Next picture. And again, this is inside the gate looking out. Next, I think there's one more picture. I want to pause here for a second it's interesting what happens at the gates in the bible um the gates of the city it you you'd go inside a gate and there would be one gate and then a little bit later on there'd be another gate there would be there'd be in the gates commerce would happen in the gates business would happen uh, the ruler would sit on that throne there would be political decisions um Passer buyers, rulers from other countries would come. There's a lot that would happen at the gates. There would be things that, that would be let in and things that would be let out, but it would be the gates. All throughout the scriptures, you start to find, um, uh, what about like, lift up your head, O you gates, so the king of glory could come in. Like uh, you, you wonder about, about gates. You, you you look at different places in scripture where he would talk about how they took the gates or they, they, they was they sieged or they protected the gates. There's all kinds of places about gates. It was just really interesting to me as we were in here. It was kind of a cool just archaeological place for a little bit, just some cool history. And and then the tour guide um turned our focus to one little place that shifted everything for me. In fact we went into a time of of repentance and intercession and all of this at this place. At this place, this gate of Dan. You see that rock right in the gateway? Looks kind of like a kind of a half circle. That rock is there because it would stop the the gate. In other words, what the tour guide said, he said, he said the the gates were always open from the inside the gates open from the inside and it took a minute and all of a sudden we realized wait a minute it's what we allow or disallow gates open from the inside in other words uh, man, there's been there, there's been all kinds of things that um, uh, that we want that I want prayer for in my life. Um, there's things that you want prayer. There, I mean, there's countless stories that, that happen in the altar. Um, have you? You don't have to raise your hand, but have you ever just just I, I need breakthrough in my marriage. I need breakthrough in uh, in this uh, you know this person, this relationship. I need breakthrough because of this financial thing. I need breakthrough because of you. Go down the list of all the areas, the the health thing, the whatever. It's really interesting the types of things we pray that are good things to, to have prayer for. By the way, I was listening to a preacher from North Carolina, um, just I think in in the last week, and he was listing a bunch of things that we often ask for prayer for, and then he says, you know what? what's interesting like i almost never hear someone say pastor i just want breakthrough i need prayer for my selfishness like i just need prayer for what's happening between my head my ears i I need prayer for my mindset it's usually some somehow we are we, we we turn the conversation and knowingly or unknowingly we say it it it's external it's a it's an external thing. It's something outside the gates. I don't want that thing to to get in. It, it's the it's the problem outside the gates. It's the external thing out there. The, it's the it's the devil. It's it's the demonic. It's the it's the the people in my life at work, it's the people in my family, it's this and that and, and all of these other things. And and yet, man, how often do we come before the Lord and God's like, "What what, what about you?" What about you? I'll tell you what. I believe I believe in deliverance. I think that there's, that there's times when we just need to pray and get the, the demon gone and get the devil gone. It's almost, I kind of describe it as, as if you had a campfire and then you pour gasoline on the campfire. It's like th- sometimes the demonic just makes the thing we're dealing with even that much greater. But at the end of the day, you know what? You're, you're not going to get to heaven someday and stand before Jesus and say, hey, I have an excuse. Like it was the, it, it was the devil. You, you're not going to get to heaven someday and have an account for your life and be able to have the excuse that, man, there were like, there were like three or four demonic pressures in my life, and I just, uh, and I just want you to know. Like that, none of that's going to matter at that point. You know what's going to matter? When you stand before the king, what did you allow or disallow? What did you open the gate to or close the gate to? Uh, there's going to be a moment in all of our lives and we're going to be in heaven before the king and we're going to say, yeah, I was, And he's going to ask the question, like were you faithful to live the life that I called you to live? Did you allow the things in that I wanted you to allow? Did you keep the things out that I wanted you to keep out? Like how were you being faithful to the calling of God on your life? because gates open from the inside in other words we're responsible at some level we live in a culture that wants to shift the blame and i don't want to make you feel bad for the things that have happened to you and around you and all of this like like there's some real issues there's real pain but at some level there's going to be a time when you stand before god and it's just you and him and this is the only thing that you're going to be held accountable for what did you allow or disallow and that's part of living the legacy don't you think we'll have to answer the question did we fully live out everything God asked us to live out I go back to I go back to Jeroboam what stood in the way of his legacy the worship team can come forward if they want as we're closing here. What stood in the way of Jeroboam's legacy? And we could go down the list. Man, there was fear that stood in his way. There were insecurities. Maybe something happened in his past. That, that he go, when I was 12 years old, this thing happened. And, and, you, know, and you fast forward to when he becomes king and, and maybe Jeroboam was struggling with, with something in his life. I don't know. What stood in the way of Jeroboam's legacy? I mean, he could have had a, a dynasty that was equal to David. What was it? what was the thing what was the demonic attack who were those advisors maybe it was the advisors you know he went to the advisors and and they are the ones that said right carolyn they're the ones hey i got a good idea i think one of the advisors said hey do you remember aaron that was a good idea let's do two of them let's do two golden calves somewhere along the line maybe it was the advisors maybe he Maybe he was laying awake at night and and, and there was fear. I don't know what it was for Jeroboam. But this is, at the end of the day, guess what? Do you know what stood in the way? You want me to tell you a secret? Do you know what what stood in the way of the legacy that he could have lived, the, the dynasty that was equal to David? Do you want to know what stood in the way? Him. Him. He had a gate that looked like that and he allowed. He allowed fear. He allowed insecurity he allowed sin he allowed compromise he allowed a different structure than what was prescribed he allowed a different priesthood than what was prescribed he he allowed different a different date than what was described he allowed it was him he stood in the way my challenge for us as we look to leave a, a different legacy is so we'd say okay god <laughs> I own this. You know, you can't get rid of it if you don't own it. If it's not yours, you can't let it go. Lord, this is my sin. Lord, this is my mindset. Lord, this is my insecurity. This is my fear. This is my thing. And I choose to let it go. I choose to open the gate just wide enough so that thing can, can leave. Jesus all over this place this is my hurt this is my pain and I open the gate just wide enough so that I can let it go I choose to let it go this morning right now this is my unforgiveness this is my bitterness and I open the gate just wide enough so that I can let that thing go and not let it back in Because gates open from the inside. And I'm reminded of Jesus in the book of Revelation. It's actually a scripture written to the church, and we often use it in a different, in a different case. And, but this is a scripture written to the church, and Jesus said this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Because I want to come in and eat with you, and you with me. And he's talking to you right now. Because he says, hey, I'd like you to open up the gate to me. It's your choice. I sense Holy Spirit saying to some of you, would you open up the gate? What do you want to allow? What do you want to allow of my presence? What do you want to allow of my truth? What do you want to allow of my thoughts? In Jesus' name. Can we just take like 30, 45 seconds, a minute, and just in silence? I think the Holy Spirit's talking to some people in this room right now. I choose to let it go. just sensing this strongly there's some of you that are north of 60 years old and the thought has crossed your mind today it's too late it's too late for my legacy and that was a that was a lie from the enemy and the lord wants the truth to be known that the best is yet to come that more can be done to leave a lasting legacy in these latter years in the former years lord i thank you right now i thank you right now for divine shift over mindsets lord even it, it might not have been someone north of 60 it could have been 50s or 40s but there was that lie that it's too late you're thinking about the choices you've made you're thinking about what's been done to you around you or by you and The Lord is saying the best is yet to come. You have the same opportunity Jeroboam had to have a dynasty that was equal. Jesus, divine shift over mindsets right now. Truth over lies in the name of Jesus. In fact, why don't you watch yourself open up that gate and let that mindset go right now. I choose to let it go. I choose to let it go.
1: Jesus. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just I just felt something probably in the last 8 to 10 minutes. It's like everything, it was a good his, history lesson and everything led up to a moment that i think there are many of us in this room that there's going to be days and weeks of chewing on some of this truth right here there's some mile marker moments for us in this room those of us everyone that hears that's in this room at the sound of my voice those listening to the podcast however you're listening to this right now this is a divine moment Some of you are going to need to come up in a few minutes. We're going to have altar teams, and you want someone to agree with you in prayer over some of these things. Whatever The Lord just brought something up in your heart that needs to be dealt with today, and there's going to be altar teams here in a, in a minute. But Some of you are just going to be sitting on this for, for days and saying, God, I'm at, the, I'm at the fork in the road, and I'm choosing to leave a legacy that counts can we stand together this morning if you're willing and Pastor Kelly's going to lead us in in a song and when he's done with this song we'll have our altar teams come and, uh, and you can stay for prayer you can leave but let's just close this thing out with an exclamation mark and say just a divine yes in our heart yes God I choose you yes I choose your ways yes I choose to live a life where my legacy will count in Jesus' name, let's worship Him. Lee, I stand, and offering with open hands, Lord I.
1: this time, if the altar workers want to come up, if there's something that the Lord has been stirring inside your heart, as Pastor Jonathan was preaching, or even during this song, that just resonated inside your spirit, because today is a new day, it's not too late, like Jonathan was saying, God wants to do something in you and through you in a powerful way, all we've got to do is be willing, and he will provide And show you the way every single time. So feel free if you need prayer for anything. Come on up. Have the altar workers pray with you. If you want to mull it over, that's perfectly fine. But I just pray that the Lord will bless you this week. May his face shine upon you. May you just see his works in your life throughout this week. God bless you. Have an awesome day. You're dismissed.